I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dogmaster and the trainer of Rex on the Canadian City TV series Hudson and Rex. This is How to Dog. Each episode, someone like you calls in with a canine question. This week, we're talking about dogs and hearing loss. for your canine question. We're often told how amazing a dog's sense of hearing is, especially compared to a human's. But dogs, just like us, also experience hearing loss and even deafness. It can be a heartbreaking thing to experience, but there are some things that you can do. This week, it's all about hearing issues in dogs. Hi, everyone. A reminder that this podcast is not personal advice and you should always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry. This week, we're giving the entire podcast to Dr. Pete Shifley, who is a canine audiologist and runs the Fetch Lab at the University of Cincinnati, which works with animals who suffer hearing loss and other ear issues. He also teaches soon-to-be doctors about audiology. Dr. Pete, welcome to How To Dog. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good, Sherry. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I, I do a lot of training and consulting and that kind of stuff, and I do behavior modification. And you'd never understand how many people come to me and tell me that their dogs are deaf, but can you <laughs> tell people what you actually do? My laboratory that I started about 15 years ago uh, is called Fetch Lab, and it has nothing to do with people. It is an animal audiology lab. So I have uh, students that are getting their clinical doctorate in audiology, and they um, can have the option here of studying animal audiology, uh, and that's pretty much what what we do. That is absolutely amazing. You're a one of a kind facility out there. Like there are not a lot of um, specific schools for this. You're you're exactly right, Sherry. Um, there are actually I founded Fetch Lab here at the University of Cincinnati, and uh, the idea that I had when I started the lab is that typically uh, human audiologists will work with an ENT, a doctor, uh, and um, even in the OR, the operating room. Uh, so it, it occurred to me that there would be no reason why an audiologist could not work with veterinarians and owners, uh, because that's why they go to four years of school to get the doctorate, and they know the audiology, and perhaps that would be a better help to the animal world. So although I teach about human stuff. My work is largely with animals. That's amazing. And you know, it, a lot of people don't understand, but animals and humans are very similar. Like uh, they, they have a heart, they have feelings, they hear, they smell, they see. And in fact, their sensories are so much greater than a human's sensories. Are they not? Well, when it comes down to hearing, that's usually what uh, what we hear, uh, you know, is that dogs can hear better than humans. And so um, what I tell the people that 
that I talk to. Uh, and, and especially I work very closely because I'm a, I'm a, a sort of pseudo military person who is retired, but called back. And I have to be responsible for the hearing of our military working dogs and also police dogs is that dogs have a greater range of hearing. That is, they can hear more frequencies than a human can. But when it comes to the lower frequencies and those that are in the, the verbal band that people would normally hear, um, they're actually no better than, than we are as far as, as far as that goes. But once we get into the high frequencies, yes, they can hear frequencies that we can't hear. And so in that respect, they hear better than we do. Right. Okay. So I have so many people tell me that their dogs are deaf. And in all honesty, you know, it, there's some people that I, I talk to and I go kind of deaf too. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess, guess we could say we're kind of the same. Um, but, uh, you know, a basic test I will tell people who say that to me is I'll say, when your dog is facing away from you, take a set of keys or a, a loud noise, like two cans and bang them together. I, I say to people, don't drop anything on the floor because the vibration could make the dog turn. You want to just make a noise. And they say, yep, the dog turned. And I'm like, well, then dog can't be deaf. And they're like, no, but when we're outside or, you know, when we're at the park, he doesn't hear me. And I'm like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. So can you shed a little light on this? Like, how do you test a deaf dog? So the only test that really can test an animal's hearing and for you and a human for that matter it's the same test we run in the hospital on human infants when they're born is what's is what we call a bear test b-a-e-r brainstem auditory evoked response right and so in the brainstem auditory re response basically uh we use an eeg the dog is hooked up and uses an EEG. Right. And we put a soft piece in their ear and it, it emits clicks into the ear. And then I'm able to see on the EEG all of the stops in the in the hearing auditory pathway. And if one is missing, then I know something is wrong. Or if I go to a very high intensity where I'm really pounding clicks in there and the dog, I'm not getting any waves from it, then I know that dog can't hear. Right. Deafness or hearing loss um, actually occurs over a very, very long period of time in the dog's lifetime. And so consequently, what happens is the typical uh, dog owner, whether they are you know, police, military, civilian, you name it, um, does not realize over this long period of time that the dog is losing his hearing. Right. By the time okay. the person realizes that the dog has lost its hearing, which usually what we get is a person will come in and say, I think my dog can hear because I come home and he's sleeping and I walk right over him and he doesn't get up or he doesn't hear, you know, the food going into the food dish or whatever. By the time that happens, they come to us and we test the dog. And, yeah, we find out that the dog has either a severe hearing loss or maybe is completely deaf. Yeah. Uh, and because because it doesn't hurt, the dog is not going to show any signs of it. Uh, and especially if the dog, the dogs that go deaf will usually key off of their owners or another dog in the house. So 
you know, uh, a deaf dog will do things like position itself laying down across a doorway so that when its people get up and move, it knows that they got up and move because they have to walk over it. Um, or uh, I had a case uh, about a year ago where a lady came in and she said, you know, my, my I think my dog is deaf. And we tested the dog. And yes, the dog was deaf. And she said, well, this just happened overnight. And I said, no, I'm not really sure that's the case. Let me tell me tell me a little bit more about the history of the dog. Well, it turns out that she owned two dogs and they were together all their lives. But a week before, one of the dogs died. And on that day, suddenly the other dog became deaf. The dog was deaf already. But the problem is it followed the hearing dog around and keyed off the hearing dog. So it didn't appear that the dog was deaf until the other dog was gone. Wow. So that's very, it's very common. What you're saying is, is very, very common. I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's dog master, and you're listening to How to Dog, the podcast that answers all your canine questions. Right now I'm speaking to Dr. Pete one of the world's best-known animal audiologists. We're talking about hearing loss in dogs and what you can look for and what you can do if you're worried about your dog having hearing issues. In a minute, I'll tell you a story about one of my dogs that had hearing issues and how we managed it. That's coming up in just a few seconds. So as you all know, I've had many dogs, lots of them rescues, purebreds, and mixed breeds. But one of my best dogs, she was a little Boston Terrier, and she did all kinds of film work. She did obedience and agility. Well, all of a sudden, I was working her one day, and I realized that when I was working her from behind, she wasn't responding. Long story short, ended up going through multiple tests, taking her to multiple veterinarians, and we found out that she had lost her hearing. But it was a good thing that when we train, we always train with a voice, a body, and a hand signal. So as long as she was paying attention, she could see my body signals and my hand signals, which then transferred into her training that she had been brought up with. However, at night, we had issues. So we introduced a laser light to her. And what we did was at nighttime, we would point the laser and bring the laser from in front of her to my feet and then I would give her a little reward. As it ended up, she followed that laser light everywhere. And that solved our problem because when we train, you always wanna train with more than just a verbal signal. So this is going to help your dogs understand if they do have any kind of hearing loss as they get older. As long as you have other signals other than voice signals, your dog will be able to adapt very quickly. Now, back to my interview with animal audiologist, Dr. Pete. Our listeners are responsible dog owners, and I would like to think that, you know, 99.9% .9 of us are responsible dog owners. And being a responsible dog owner is being an educated dog owner. And I don't think people really realize, because I see it happen all the time, and it drives me a little on the wild side, <laughs> is people are 
going down the road or I'm stopped at a stoplight and their windows are shaking and vibrating with the bass. The music is blasting. And I see the dog in the back seat, just kind of going, Oh God, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I don't think people realize, but that's us attributing to their hearing deficiencies when we, when we do that kind of stuff. Is it not? Yes. Yes. Again. So a, a dog, is susceptible to the same kinds of hearing loss, including noise-induced hearing loss, which is probably one of the number one ways right. uh, that, that a human is. And so, you know, in that car where the person is really blasting and has the bass turned up and everything, not only is the human going to lose their hearing, but that dog is also going to lose their hearing. And, and, the, and the, the problem is, is that when you subject a dog or yourself to that kind of noise, whether it's a, you know, iPod with the headphones or, or just, you know, in the car with the no- with the music turned up. Right. Um, it's an additive effect. So in other words, uh, you drive around and you have the bass up and the dog and you are being subjected to this. And what you're doing is you're fatiguing the hair cells in the ear so that the ear is now not as good as it was before you turn that music on. Yeah. Uh, And so if you do this, you know, every day, every time you do that, you are damaging the ear. Eventually, the ear hair cells will just fatigue themselves and and they will fall off or they'll and and so then you become deaf. We see this in people that work in a factory, high noise areas that work there for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, they can't hear. They have a workman's compensation case and and all the rest of that. That dog is going to be susceptible to the very same things that that owner is susceptible to. Okay, so for everybody listening right now, um, turn down the sound. (laughs) (laughs) Like, keep us on, but turn us down a little bit. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. If, if, uh, you know, if I go deaf, uh, you know, if a human is starting to lose their hearing, we have something which are implants or hearing aids or whatever. But unfortunately, there isn't this aid for a dog. So apparently there might be something in the making. Yes, we are the, uh, the Fetch Lab here at the University of Cincinnati. We are the only place in the world presently that puts hearing aids on dogs. Presently, we're having to put hearing aids on dogs that are actually human hearing aids. And so human hearing aids are expensive. We're talking three to five thousand American dollars for for a set of hearing aids. Uh, And but what I have to do is I have to get the hearing aid from the company and then I have to down take down some of the things that are on it that dog does not need everything that a human needs. Right. So there's a certain amount of uh, programming that just doesn't, the dog is never going to use. That's what makes them expensive. But the hearing aid company, you know, will say, well, you know, you get the hearing aid as it is. I am presently working and have a grant to work on actually developing a purely canine hearing aid that will be affordable by, by pet owners. But I also say this, um, Almost to a T, everybody that comes to me says, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the quality of life of my dog. You know, he's my, he, my dog is my child, you know, kind of thing like that. Uh, and, and so I want you to put hearing aids on. 
And my first response to them is the mere fact that you are calling me up and asking me to put a hearing aid on your dog tells me that your dog has a great quality of life already. You're concerned enough to even do that. Most people wouldn't even bother. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't think about that the dog's primary sense is not hearing. It's scent. Okay? When a dog, when your dog goes out and it's walking and it's stopping and sniffing, it's reading the newspaper, essentially. <laughs> you know, the dog knows what's going on. So, if the, you know, and so the, the opinion for years through veterinary practice has been, look, if your dog can smell, he's going to be all right. He doesn't need to hear. Um, our opinion is, well, that might be true. But, you know, if you lost one of your senses, you would want to get it back. So, yeah, we can do something about that. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, so but that's sort of the routine. Yep. What I I can tell you, the first dog that I put hearing aids on uh, was was one of my dogs. Uh, this dog, uh, my wife is an animal trainer, exotic animal trainer, and um, so she worked with the dog. Uh, and he when when he when he got to be about twelve years old, uh, he started he lost his hearing. He started to lose his hearing in a big way, which is not uncommon. That that's what we call presbycusis, which is hearing lost with age, and people undergo the same thing. Right. And so because he couldn't take uh, off camera cues because he was like on Animal Planet and things like that, um, it was very frustrating to him. So we put hearing aids on him as a test and they were the old behind the ear kind. So we had to make a special cowl for him to wear. And so uh, every night, you know, my two children and my wife and I would, you know, sit in all four corners and use these little bicycle horns. And we put the hearing aids on him. And on the on one particular night, this is like a, now a month after he was wearing them. On one particular night, he heard the horn blast and he stopped and you could see something happen. He got it. Um, wow. In time, he got to the point where, you know, on a Saturday morning, he would actually wake you up to, you got to put my hearing aids on. But that's not no true. Way. That's not true for every dog. Every not every right. dog does not respond, you know, the same way. And and so, you know, there are still issues to be to be solved with this. But uh, I think by and large, um, the last dog that we put a hearing aid on uh, belonged to a veterinarian in Austin, Texas, and the dog is a search and rescue dog. Um, and so we put hearing aids on. She was a very good candidate. The dog was well trained. Uh, to this day, as far as I know, the dog is still wearing his hearing aid. And then we gave her what's called a Roger pen, which is uh, a little thing that teachers wear in the classroom if they have a deaf person in the classroom wearing hearing aids. Uh, so she could talk to the dog that way. Now, in actuality, I found a way to actually give the dog a telephone number that she could call to call the hearing aid on her dog, which never went anywhere because phone companies are not going to have any part of that. But um, but uh, yeah, it, it, you know, they, they can work, but it, it takes effort. Uh, they're expensive, but, you know, if the dog can, is going to respond to it, uh, then, it, then it, it is a bonus, really. Hopefully with getting the word out there about um, your research and your development that, you know, we can spread this and maybe it'll become something where we can help more animals and, and not only dogs, there's a possibility to help other animals, obviously. And, um, you know, everybody's 
gotta go home today and look up fetch lab and yeah. follow you um so again thank you so much I, I know we went over our time but oh my gosh i enjoyed it so much and the educational side of things that you just you just gave a whole new perspective on uh, on on this for me like i i cannot thank you enough the wow. educational part of uh, of this segment was uh, mind-blowing so thank you thank you thank well, you I, I i should be thanking you because i i am i'm really absolutely honored that you would even think of asking me to come on and do this do do this uh podcast with you so uh you're my hero well thank you and and you're mine and i'm telling you i'm coming to visit you one day oh please do dr pete shifley is an animal audiologist and a professor at the university of cincinnati where he runs the Fetch Lab that studies animals with hearing loss. I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dog Master, and you're listening to How to Dog, the podcast that answers all your canine questions. I hope this episode has helped some of you with advice on how to manage hearing loss or deafness with your dogs. Hopefully, it's advice that you'll never need to use. But if you do, thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about dogs and sleep. Thanks to this caller. Hi, this is John. Uh, I'm just calling to know more about what's best for my dog when it comes to sleeping. How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis, produced by Devin Langell, Carrie Hayden, and Adam Killick. Editing and mixing by Adam Killick. Research by Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2021, Shaftesbury. <laughs>